This episode of GameScoop is sponsored by Squarespace. If you're looking for a way to make your business stand out and succeed online, Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for you. They take the stress out of creating an awesome website, engaging with your audience, and selling anything from products to content to time so you're able to focus on, you know, everything else. In other words, you'll have more time for gaming. With the new guided design system, you can choose from curated layouts and styling options to build a unique online presence from the ground up, optimized for every device. And with Squarespace's integrated, optimized SEO tools, you'll show up more often to more people. Squarespace doesn't just make things easier for you. Checkout for your customers is made seamless with simple but powerful payment tools that allow you to accept credit cards, PayPal, and Apple Pay. And in eligible countries, offer the option to buy now and pay later with Afterpay and Clearpay. So whether you're just starting out or looking to expand your existing brand, be sure to visit squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com gamescoop to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com gamescoop for 10% off. You know, when it comes to wireless carriers, sometimes what you see isn't always what you get. Except with Visible. With Visible, what you see is exactly what you get. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. With Visible, there are no hidden fees, no fine print, no hassle, nothing to hide. It's just $25 a month, all taxes and fees included. And you don't need more than one line of wireless to save. You can save on a line all to yourself with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. And again, just $25 a month. The future of wireless is here and it is transparent. If you want more transparency in your wireless plan, you want to be on the Visible plan. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. That's Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Game Scoop, episode two hundred and thirty-one. I'm your host, Greg hey, Miller. No, it's not right. God <laughs> damn it, Brian Altano. Oh my gosh, what's up? Yeah, clearly things are amiss here in the IGN office. Uh, Game Scoop is not being hosted by Damon Hatfield for the first time since episode one. That, so that means crazy. There's been 229 episodes without him. That's 229 here. What's Up Everybody's. Yeah, I know. I'd like to imagine that since Damon wasn't, you know, this is how we're going to bookend the podcast. This will be the last Game Scoop. The first podcast he wasn't on, first Game Scoop Damon wasn't on, and he won't be on the last one either. Uh, once again, I'm Greg Miller. Brian Altano interrupted me. How you doing, Brian? Hey, listeners. <laughs> Stop it! No, geez, you're blowing the whole gimmick. Now it's not even going to sound sincere when we do it for real. Uh, Sam Claiborne, you're joining us. What's up, everybody? <laughs> and then Charles on yet. Hello. The Raging Canadian. Is, okay. Yeah, he, we'll he go seems with that. pretty no, calm. For you don't like that name anymore? Canadian. Calm down. Calm down. I'm sorry. Okay. Um, how's everybody's how, How's everybody's week? Did the week go well for everybody? It was great. It was lovely. Mm-hmm. I had a great time. Hey, it's listeners. By. <laughs> I hate you so much. But it's funny. I like what you're doing. Good. Um, Damon Hatfield, not dead. Not no. fired from IGN. Nothing, nothing amiss. Uh, so 200 episodes. That man just doesn't get sick. 229 episodes. 229 yeah. episodes. Yeah. Well, no. What used to happen is he would get sick and we just wouldn't do GameScoop. Oh. And then a while back, I said, Damon, you don't have to carry this burden by yourself. I'll be your partner. But then I never, I never really do any work for the show. Mm. He still does everything, but I'm just like, oh, I'll, I'll help you out every time. And I never do anything. So but this is your terrible partner, that's why. This time he was like, I have to go record a start show. If you didn't know, ladies and gentlemen, IGN is partnered with the folks from Revelry who do mm-hmm. The Office, and we're starting a new YouTube network called Start. So there's a whole bunch of cool shows coming out, including something Naltan and I are doing. Wink, wink. Secret, secret, secret show, show. Secret shows. And uh, Damon is filming some stuff right now for a new show that he's hosting, so there's plenty of good stuff coming down the pipe. But yeah, he couldn't do this show. Mm-hmm. So I said, for once, I'll actually carry my load. 
But we can do this show. Yeah, look at us. We did a show this week. We can totally ruin your show, Damon. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This is pretty much like the Peyton Manning situation at the start of the NFL season. This season? Yeah. Like he got hurt right away? Yeah. He didn't play 200. He played so many consecutive. I don't know. It was the same number of games. (laughs) (laughs) I was, I'm sorry. It's exactly the same number. I thought you were making a reference to next season. And this is already too much sports. Damon's not happy with this one. Game is definitely just as uh, physically damaging as football is. True. I I got to go home. I've gotten so injured on this show before. (laughs) Me and and Altano, we go home every Friday night and we just ice our vocal cords. Yeah, into a we, uh, nice we ice put bath. our vocal cords in a big, a big thing of salt. Let's move it up and down. That's I don't disgusting. know. That's I don't know. That's how you. <laughs> that, I was doing a, a pitcher's arm thing, but no one at home can hear that. So do, it do just sounds like we're eating whoa, a lot of salt. Whoa, Charles, you, you like the sports? Do pitchers put their arm in salt? Yeah, how do you know so much about muscle therapy? Uh, I don't. <laughs> Don't come to me for any of your muscle therapy needs. Well, believe it or not. Hey, we have, listeners. <laughs> believe it or not. Against our better wishes, we actually have a good show for you. Plenty of reader questions, plenty of news and scoops, and an interview with the folks behind Kingdoms of Amalur Reckoning. We're going to cut to an interview? Yeah. That is so fancy. I know, right? I thought they were just hiding in here Maybe somewhere. we'll do it right now. No, nah, we're not going to do it right now. Okay. We'll do it later. Don't worry. Let's start with some news. Uh, Charles. Yeah. Uh, the biggest <laughs> news of the week, of course, is that you and I have founded the Wolfpack. Uh, Greg, nobody knows what that means. Well, I, I don't even know what that means. We're explaining the joke right now. So what happened is, for years, Charles has had to care about PC because games went there first. Wait, I ha- well, hold but on, now, hold on, hold now on. Diablo 3 is coming to consoles, <laughs> and then when that happened, we formed the Wolf Pack with Colin Moriarty, where I, we throw up the wolf signs from NWO, mm-hmm. and we get trophies in PC games. Okay, a couple pieces of misinformation there. Right. Yeah, first, 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 first of all, I haven't, I haven't had to care about PC. <laughs> I actually like PC games. Mm-hmm. I, I enjoy playing them. That's like tomato, tomato. That's like tomato, tomato. We're on the same boat. Okay. We're on the same page. Uh, Second thing, uh, the the news that Diablo is coming to consoles isn't uh, confirmed. That's not not Mm. something that's 100% happening. So it's it's funny funny because as reported on IGN.com, community manager Micah Whipple, uh, relations to Putnam Whipple, uh, discussed the project on Twitter writing, quote, yup, Josh Mosquito is lead designer for the Diablo console project, end quote. Okay. Wow. Yes, and and that is never refute tr- that. Never <laughs> trust a mosquito. No, they they have they have a Blizzard has a team assigned to explore. It's like a presidential yeah, nomination. The exploratory. Exploring the possibility, <laughs> exploratory committee um, of uh, of putting Diablo three on consoles. Diablo three is not out on PC yet. In case mm-hmm. you haven't been following it, but um, they've been hiring people that. That work on console games, right? Is yeah, that they, the idea? they've been they've been hiring people for a while. They've they've actually been very open uh, throughout the past year or so about the fact that hey, we're trying to make this work on uh, on consoles. It's not necessarily going to happen, but they have a team dedicated to it, and they would like to make it happen. Is there something about the gameplay in Diablo? I'm not a Diablo player. Is that it makes it so you can't play it on the console? Like I know people don't want to play them most too much on the consoles. I mean, even though it, the DC Universe worked, yeah, I mean, do you of, need a keyboard and mouse to play it. Out of all Blizzard's games. Diablo is by far the most console friendly. StarCraft would, in terms of competitive play, would just I've seen not people work. play. You pretty much run around and, and bash shit, right? Yeah, so. and you, you have you can have six active skills in the game, so I think that could be mapped pretty well to yeah. a gamepad, and uh, it, it would just be. I, I think it would be really irritating navigating it, uh, inventory and things like that because there are so many items uh, in that game, and also the the real money auction house thing. I can't really see that going over very well with Microsoft or Sony. If it's like, hey, so we want to, you put- can get in game <laughs> items because it's all about random drops, right? Yeah, so you all, can get in game items, and then they made their own market to like regulate that. 
Yeah, right? and because Indian- originally people just like would eat, auction their their stuff, and like they're like, ah, oh, you shouldn't do this, but then they like started supporting it, right? So Bl- Blizzard's method of cutting out piracy from Diablo three on PC, or at least trying to, is is basically putting the ability to pay money and sell items for money directly into the game. So that's right in the in-game auction house. You don't have to use it if you don't want to. There's a, a in-game money uh, auction house where you can just use fake gold to buy stuff. So you just do you use like PayPal to like. Send people. Uh, money? Yeah, I believe it is PayPal. That's crazy. Yeah, so so you can play the game and theoretically make money. I don't know how viable that's going to be. So you're saying though that Microsoft or Sony wouldn't want in on that for like for their interfaces, their stores, and Microsoft points it, and stuff well, like that. Well, Sony bucks. Sony bucks. The, it's called the American dollar. I don't know what what the behind the scenes percentage negotiations on that would be. Obviously, yeah. that's a powerful incentive. I don't think anything like that really. Well, does exists. Blizzard make yeah, money consoles. off of each sale? Do yes, they, they do. They, they take a cut. They huh? take uh, cuts off of and uh, if if I remember this correctly, it's a flat fee off of things that you actually post hmm. onto the auction house. But if you decide to. Uh, extract the money that you make off of purchases into a PayPal account, then there's a percentage fee taken. So you're not yeah, making. I can the see full- how that could get like totally messy on PlayStation and Xbox, especially like when you you'd have to employ a bunch of people to like keep everything straight in people's accounts, like. I, I'd imagine the, the negotiation about which pers- who gets what kind of percentage would just be a nightmare. What if you just didn't do that? What if you just didn't sell? What if, what if you just didn't have auctions for print game items? What if you just played it on PC? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, the worker. No, I, mean, here's, I, I, mean, I think that, that whole concept would need to be totally reworked for the console so version. So that's are essential to the game to like buy and sell. No, 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 no it's not oh, okay. essential at all. That's okay. that's totally a side okay. thing. You don't you don't even have to use the in game uh, in game currency auction house if you don't want to. You can just play the game as normal. Uh, but the thing about uh, that whole system is that it makes Diablo three. You have to be online at all times while playing the game. So it's sort of like an MMO. You basically log on to Battle.net. Um, and you, if you disconnect, then you, you basically can't play the game. Interesting here. Have you been following how DC Universe Online ran their auction house when it started? I'm going somewhere. This isn't a joke. I'm Damon today. I'm, I have to be serious. Okay. Uh, no, I have <laughs> On the PSN, what they do is that it's free to use the auction house and put all that in there and you know use your in-game currency to do it. However, like the, you know, kids are putting their things up there for like a million, you know, $93 million. There was exobytes up there the other day for like $100 million. Oh, that's but, crazy. Exobytes? I know. I know. You know how easy they are to come by in Diablo, but they're harder in DC Universe. Anyways, well, you can go through. <laughs> the DC Universe on interface to their store and then just buy in-game currency. So that's how... With real money. With real money. You buy the currency from the PlayStation oh, yeah. store. So that's and then like an iPhone out. game, like the Smurfs game where Totes. you buy a bunch of hats and your parents have to pay for it. But that game is made by Sony though, right? Correct. Well, it's Sony Online Entertainment, which I know sounds I mean, like Sony. the same, but nah, I mean, they're, they're siloed. They're different. That's, okay. There's a difference. Greg, there. did you really say that I could sell something for $93 million? Well, 93 cr- credits in the in the DC Universe. Uh, which is equal to 93 actual million dollars? No, because you get like 25 grand for like three bucks or something like that. Or maybe 250 Fifty grand. No. How do I get rich in DC Universe? You don't. You're not making any real money off of this. You're making in-game money that you can then spend on exobytes. I don't know. There's no PayPal. There's no PayPal. I mean, I think that's a big leap to like actually take real money, and then yeah, that's crazy. Uh, Charles, speaking the Wolfpack, we're up and running. It'll be we'll we'll be great down the line. But can you explain the end of the Wolfpack? Is that because? You guys all played Wolfenstein. Is that? that no, nah, I just I just thought it would be fun to be the wolf pack, and that's okay. what we became. Okay. Uh, okay. okay. If, if, but, I know, but bottom line, Diablo three is still not definitely coming to consoles, so which is I don't fine. Know if, if the wolf pack that, yet okay, exists okay. in official capacity, okay. <laughs> but we officially know that Diablo three is coming out February first, thanks to Best Buy. No, that is also damn fun. it. How do I don't have all these Lies. old news stories? <laughs> Uh, you that. want to run this one by us uh, over the weekend, Charles? So there were uh, a, a picture surfaced, a uh, a photograph, if you will, um, of 
a stand at <laughs> Best will. Buy that shows uh, that showed a countdown that basically led uh, people to believe that Diablo three was coming out. On February 1st, um, turned out to be false. Blizzard uh, community, I believe the community manager posted something that said, no, that's absolutely yeah, not yeah. happening. Well, misspe- February is misspelled in this little digital Although countdown that may, have, that may have just been a typo. Uh, but, uh, well, it's, it's, a, it's a, a tough typo. word sometimes. Yeah, it's, it's that a That R you area. Yeah, that R can just it's come stupid. and go and sneak it in. You know? I, somebody screwed it up the first time they wrote it, and they're like, we'll just leave it. Yeah, Wait, just so all it. you need to do to shake up the PC gaming world is take a shitty picture of a stand in a Best Buy and then Photoshop well, it? And not just the PC gaming about about world. Games. You could put up a sign in the Best Buy that said, video games are canceled. Is that what it was, though? It was, it was put like, it on Reddit. Because we don't know the date. We still don't know the date. Blizzard And that's a huge deal? Uh, well, that that game is going to be really big. No, I, I mean think. just the release date. I mean, do people think it's going to be like in the next month? That's that's all that's left, basically, to learn about that game. Okay, we okay. we essentially know everything else. So that's the last, you know, thing to be put in place before it's like, okay, we can finally play this game. Uh, Blizzard has said before early 2012, uh, February 1st seems pretty soon, and so it made sense for Blizzard to to sort of debunk that. Uh, I would I would expect, you know, mid-March at the earliest. Uh, they, I, I would assume they would want to put about a month and a half to two months between when they actually announce the release date and when the game actually comes out. So, you know, late March, maybe early April, somewhere in there. I think would be likely. Hmm, hmm. Interesting. Let's talk about some Nintendo news okay. here. Uh, what oh boy, the, oh boy, oh boy. What the hell is going on with Kid Icarus Uprising? <laughs> it gives you it gives you penguin claw hands if you want to try to yeah, play it. So I the have... solution is to give you a tablet stand. <laughs> I have it. It's more than a tablet stand. I have I have a visual prop here. I'll show you guys. Oh, here comes the visual this prop. Is, this, this is, is what, good for, this, this is good radio. This is problem. good radio. He's yeah. holding so, up he's holding up a wristband. It's, yeah, wristband. It's Rub it against the microphone so people at home can hear it. There, there we go. Go. So, that's so this, what this was is the, the thumb strap for uh, Metroid Prime uh, for DS. The original what, DS. What fat. you did was you you hooked the, this little uh, plastic thing over your thumb, and then you used that to uh, call women. <laughs> <laughs> you used that to, to rub against the bottom screen, so you could have uh, you could Three play wishes. like a first person shooter. Okay. <laughs> And um, in this game, the idea is that well, the, the purpose of that was that you would be able to hold the DS with your hands like a normal controller, and then use your thumb to like uh, move around uh, a little tiny stylus in your thumb, you know, to control a first-person shooter. Yeah. And this game controls similar to a first-person shooter. It's third-person, but there's a little cursor, and you're shooting uh, kind of. I don't know if you guys played Sin and Punishment uh, yep. last year. It's, it kind of looks like that when you're flying. Mm-hmm. So you got a cursor, and you're shooting around. So you need to be able to touch the screen with a stylus. So the idea is that you hold the DS in your left hand and touch it with a stylus in your right hand. While that, using the, the D-pad or whatever, right? Yeah, That's well, what's making while using the lots D-pad going on here. or the circle pad and, uh, oh, and, and shooting with, like, you know, the, the triggers or whatever you do. It's just, it's just a lot to, like, put on your left hand. It's like, and people complain about it a lot, you know, like, I, I don't know. It's probably the, the most painful game I've ever played in my life. Right. So I the, original, it and it's the just... original solution was this tiny little wrist strap, which which worked really well. I don't mm. know why they, they didn't do that with this. Instead, they have issued a um, a wedge of plastic. A pack-in stand to allow mu- players to play Kid Icarus without cramps. Okay, Before that, though, there was a second option, which right. was the Circle Pad Pro, which is oh, yeah, the this new is a, attachment. This is a whole other story. That we also found out this week is playable for Kid Icarus. So basically, the people working on this game have no idea what they're doing. Well, so the, that thing that thing hooks on your 3DS and gives it a second analog stick, mm-hmm. like like a Vita. Yeah, yeah. Right? And it doesn't work with any games right now. We have one. We can't play with anything. And you have to, you know, build your game especially to work with that. They're not doing that with Kid Icarus. 
they're not making it dual analog. Instead, they're making it so you can use the the right circle pad that they're adding and and draw with your left hand because left handy it's for left handed uh, people. Like our head. president, what? I didn't know that. That's Seriously? True. No, that's absolutely true. That's awful. It is not dual analog. It is just a lefty mode. Oh, that's so. Really on bad. top of that, for lefties, that plastic thing—that's not going to fit on this giant plastic stand that's coming out. So, how, how the, big is the plastic stand? It's big. It's much bigger than the 3DS. It, it so it's stretched, and I, I can't visually show this to you. It looks guys. like a, it looks like one of the things you put the music, the music notes in. Remember when you take music yeah, class and you yeah. had the little stand? Like, that's you know, what it they, looks like. They sell them at Brookstones for you know, blind people trying to read big books and stuff like that. <laughs> really? No. Is that in there? Blind people looking that's for big no, book section? They can't even make it in that store. <laughs> oh God! Trip over an electric chair and it's fall really asleep. silly though. I mean, it, it makes it so uh, you could you could just set the game on a desk, and I don't think it would be that that different. I don't know why. I don't know why. Well, it's how are you right? using the triggers then? If it's on a desk, just bring your desk on. Don't you yeah, use some kind I of space in the background? So I think Rich thing, George, right, Rich George sums it up. Rich, Rich sums it up best in his article here. "Quote: It's an interesting solution for a game that has some fundamental problems. Though this solution does pr- provide some new issues, such as making your 3DS not actually portable." <laughs> so yeah. So, so like we're adding already peripherals to the system to like give it different functionality and change games like it needs to have a redesign right we all know that well how do you redesign it oh, i guess the tools if you the put two, do, the two sticks, sticks and then made it or mandatory. you take a game like this and you put it on a different platform yeah mm. or or you like put it on the wii u put it on the wii or as we discussed you make a you just don't make a kid Icarus remake yeah there's because that too. this game like this is not worth the trouble anymore i don't think well i, I mean i, I played y- it nintendo yeah. nintendo kids have been calling for a new kid icarus game exactly. true to the roots forever and here it is this and is those, exactly those like people, it was nothing like those it was. people what? will hate that nope. game yeah that's this, the this game poops in my childhood's mouth jesus that's, a, a, that's an image <laughs> and like we're, we're big nintendo guys you know like yeah. I, you I, are I like, big guys i like kid icarus i like the original game enough but i don't man like this remake is so bad you see like pit Pit screams these like ridiculous yeah, catchphrases yeah. all the time. Like when he's fighting like, a he's dog, like he's a, like, "Oh, you know, teach you a new trick." So it's bad. bad. It's brutal. It's like my, you think you're like, a tough dog. Like, you I think got arrows. You think you're top dog? Let's unleash the pit bull. Yeah, <laughs> I'm and, taking you to the pit. Like, no, you're not. I'm not. No one's gonna buy your game. Does he actually say that? That'd be no. great if he says. Do you I remember nine hundred two and O's Peach Pit? <laughs> uh, you got any terrible pit puns you want to toss in here, Dylan? Why don't you call me? Well, how how much is the stand? It comes with the game. Four hundred dollars. It's completely free with the game. I think okay. it comes with every copy at this oh, that's point. Gonna, that's gonna be a great package on the shelf. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's so big. I mean, maybe it folds up, but even still, it's gonna be a big package. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just so weird uh, to hear about. Speaking uh-huh. of big packages, Brian's been trying to buy a big package for years. You have a small I've dick. been looking for the perfect gift for you, Greg. <laughs> Looks like I'm going to have to pit these cherries. (laughs) Uh, Brian. It's enough about talking about this handheld that's struggling like crazy. Let, let's talk hey, about let's talk about well, the PlayStation se- Vita. It's, it's selling really well though, right? I mean, 3DS. It's it's doing quite well, and games on 3DS actually sell quite a bit. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I, I was, Mario I, was games. Le- I was leading into the fact that the PlayStation Vita doesn't do well. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. Sarcasm. I Man. <laughs> Craig Way! Craig Way! Uh, anyways, though. Hey, uh, listeners. Hey, Brian. How much would you... <laughs> I hate you so much. <laughs> 
How much would you spend for PlayStation Vita's 3G plan? You, you buy the you spend you already spend an, an extra fifty bucks to buy, get the system up to three hundred bucks. The yep. what plan? 3G to use 3G uh, on your PlayStation Vita. How, what would you spend on a monthly basis? Um, nothing. No. Okay. Why not? I, mean, I I'm personally not interested in that. I mean, I'm interested in the Vita. I yeah. want to buy one. I will buy one at launch, probably knowing well that it'll dry, drop in price very soon. Mm. But I mean, I didn't even get a 3G plan for my iPad. Mm. I mean, mm. I have one for my iPhone. Nice. It's a picture of pizza. Um, that no Same one at home can see that. Shown Brian a, p- a drawing <laughs> of pizza. Turn the page to read the okay. But um, uh, I just like personally, I I'll play a single player games for the most part on my Vita. I don't really need to browse the web on it. I don't need to call people or get in Wi-Fi battles that you can't even do in half the launch games anyway. There they, there, there is Wi-Fi in the system. Wi-Fi by, regardless. By yeah, yeah. Well, you're getting Wi-Fi regardless. So, but if you wanted the 3G and you bought a 3G unit for 15 bucks, you get 250 megabytes. For 25, you get two gigabytes. What am I buying exactly? You're buying an AT and T month month plan. It's month, month by month, but, no but contract. Specifically for my Vita, what will it let me do? Yeah, you could use near anywhere. You wouldn't have to worry about trying to ping a Wi Fi hotspot. Uh, you probably can't play games online. You can't play. Game, you cannot play games, but you can use the asynchronous feature in a lot of games, such as like SoCom or I'm sorry, Unit 13. And you still haven't said the giant price yet, right? I did. I just did. Oh, what is it? Fifteen for two fifty. Oh, okay. Twenty five bucks for two gigs. You get a free game when you uh, Dude, do two fifty. I mean, that's, that's so not a fast, terrible dude. deal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I would do two gigs. You would I'll have do, to I'll do two gigs to try it out. I want to be able to use Nier anywhere because I'm a huge nerd and I want to mm-hmm. see what other people are playing and I want to drop gifts and do things. So if I have uh, an iPhone and I'm already on AT and T paying for uh, data through my phone, yeah. does does am I qualified for that or no. is that extra? This is a brand new month to month. What do you want see, to do? Th- there are just way too many extra subscription yeah. data plans. It's like so you have one for your iPad, you have one for your phone, you have one for your Vita. It's yeah. it, that that stuff needs to get rolled up somehow. That'd be nice. Especially if it's through the same company. Yeah, like, it's just ridiculous that it's... you're paying AT&T it's... for three different things in your pocket, that's stupid. Yeah, like I'm yeah. paying AT&T for the same thing just with different products. It's like yeah. that needs to be combined somehow. It's... Depending on your plans, too, you might be... If you're one of these guys who can tether your phone, that might be a way around it. So you could always use the tethering feature try to go... If that works, we're not sure, of course, because can't test it yet. Because yeah. none of us are millionaires. None of us have this tethering plan. We all... <laughs> Rub quarters together. Well, tethering. If you're if you're an AT and T legacy customer and you still have the unlimited data stuff, tethering yeah. actually breaks that. Yeah, we tried to do that at E three last year. Remember, you and I looked into this. That oh, we'll do this that way. We never have to worry about convention center Wi Fi. And then it was one of those things. If we did it, we lost our unlimited plan. And if we tried to go back, they wouldn't give it to us. Yeah. yeah. So is like is Skype going to be available on it? Do you think like, something like that? Hard to say. I mean, like yeah, I, I mean, don't know. I think that'd be the one thing that would justify having three G on a game console in any. I think, like I can't imagine. If you can't play online, because 3G is not that, you know, it's not fast. Like, yeah. What, what are you going to do with it? You, can, you can browse the web, use Google Maps. Oh, well, here's, the, here's the thing. Like, could it replace a phone, I guess, is what I'm saying eventually. <sighs> no. No. no yeah, there's just I no way think, that's I don't think happen. so, yeah. Okay. Like, Why would you want to replace your phone? Well, the you interesting thing about people. it is everybody's been leaning on this asynchronous play, right? Where you can play Vita. wherever you are and then upload your high scores. You know, then you'll upload yours. I'll see you beat me, such like that. Uh, one of my, my most anticipated game uh, that I don't have yet is Mod Nation Racers. I'm a huge Mod Nation Racer fan. I love kart racers. Mm. And this week they announced Mod Nation Racers on Vita will not have online play at all. Like, there's no online racing. Instead, um, what they're doing you, is... You should play a game called Mario Kart. I do play Mario Kart quite a bit. Sam knows yeah, this. I'm a big Mario Kart fan, yeah. so go to hell. But right there with you. All right, well, fine. Hand in hand oh, into Satan's grasp. You had to just keep going. Yeah. Mario All Kart right. 7. Uh, Damon, is this what I'm like? <laughs> this is hard, Damon. <laughs> Somebody always, some chucklehead across the table always interrupting. Hey, listeners. <sighs> Anyways, asynchronous only for Mod Nation, ad hoc, local play for multiplayer. And uh, yeah. That seems it. like a really bad move for a kart racer. Yeah. It, 
it, it I mean, does. Kart, kart, racer, kart racing games, at least nowadays, thrive on multiplayer play. And though. that was the big thing is that like, I've always thought, like when Mod Nation Racers came on PS3, I thought, oh my, this is what I wanted out of Mario Kart. You know, I mean, really HD visuals for Mario Kart Wii, HD visuals, really tight gameplay. And then when I got so excited to see this because I like Mario Kart on DS just fine, but obviously mm-hmm. I want to get trophies and do things online. And now, yeah, it doesn't even have what the 3DS Mario Kart has, which is weird. But then for me personally, when I started thinking about it and probably justifying it, just trying to you know get you know acceptance in my mind. Uh, Building your wall of I never pl- I never play online on Mario Kart to begin with, so is it that big of a deal? Because w- what I really do want, on what I expected of online on 7, was that I would go onto the IGN fan club, or whatever it is, the IGN server community that I'm a part of mm-hmm. for Mario Kart 7, and I would see the best lap times and be able to download those and then race them on my own. And not having that, or not being able to find it easily, because I mean, sometimes I have... You can only really do that with the Street Pass option. Yeah, and I, but even yeah. then, it's not, is it their lap? Because I had Audrey's ghost once, and I kicked the crap out of it, and I tweeted about it, and she's like, that's just my ghost. I'm like, isn't that you? I don't understand what it, this it's is. It's really confusing. Yeah, <laughs> it just is. Yeah. Um, do you, yeah. can you, you can still create, I mean, if this is about creating levels, right? The Mod Nation. Yeah, yeah, you can still do that. So can you take those and then at least send them to people over the internet? Yes. Can you do that? that? I mean, there's still, there's still, there's still asynchronous play, so I'm uploading my ghosts, you're okay. seeing my leaderboard times, all the creations, both characters and mods and tracks that are on the PS3 version are available day one on the Vita and version creation to download. creation with like touchscreen must be Exactly, awesome. yeah, I know. It's got a bunch of cool features, it's just that they seem to be... You hear about this cool kart racer that doesn't have online play, and you're like, "What the fuck? Why would you? Why would you do that?" But then again, I don't think we all play Mario Kart. And I never play online. I don't know. No, exactly. I'm not too into playing. Honestly, online, to be but, fair, the but I'm on, the I'm online isn't that great in Mario Kart, and it's kind of screwed up. Especially like battle mode is all these dumb rules for babies. <laughs> I mean, I'd, I'd just rather just go through the Grand Prix, mm-hmm. beat Audrey's yeah, ghost. Plus, you just lose online. Yeah. Everybody's better than you. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Lots of snakers. Yeah, I, I mean, I feel it, the same way about Halo, but I still play it. But I, I don't know. Mario see, Kart I grew up. We all grew up like where we were like the best on our block at a yeah. video game. We're like, this is great. I'm the best in my dorm at GoldenEye. And then like games went online. You're like, I'm the worst in the world. How, how different would our lives have been? You think if that's if online was there when we were growing up and you knew you weren't that great? I, I we would, would have video we would games. have no self esteem whatsoever. We would, yeah, we'd all be like joggers or something. No, we, yeah. we'd probably actually be a lot better at video games because if yeah. you if you hit the point where you're like, I'm the best on my block, mm-hmm. I can beat anyone in my middle school. Right. Then you don't you don't try to get any better. You're just like, well, whatever. It's true. There's no more training involved. Is that what happened to you? Yeah, it was it was terrifying. I think think how scary it would have been when all games were in the arcade and you had to go to this like smoke filled room and like there was a bunch of kids that would just beat you up if you were better than them. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that, I remember that's that. the golden age. Yeah, Street Fighter, man, put the yeah. quarter on the machine. Street, Street Fighter, you would just line up your quarters, kids would come over and just whoop your ass. And that was like, for them, you were like, you don't even understand money, you're 20. And for me, like, I had to do so much for this. <laughs> I had to, like, fake all these grades on my report card and bring them into the ticket guy and get yeah. a, a bag of tokens for every A that, 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 I, was that I never the, got. That was the punch to the ego, though, when you went mm-hmm. to the arcade. And, like, I know, it, and I, I used to play hockey a lot. Every hockey rink had an arcade. There was yeah. always a Mortal Kombat machine. There was always a Street Fighter 2 machine. And the guy who would always sit on the Street Fighter machine, just putting quarters in nonstop and just wait for kids to come up and play them. And yeah. then he would just destroy you. And it's mm-hmm. like, all right, well, great. Thanks, thanks, buddy. <laughs> all right. Guess I'll go play some hockey. <laughs> See yeah. you guys later. It's like, do you, do you understand I had to beg my parents for three hours to get that quarter? And now you just destroy me with Ryu and like in, in or four Ryu. seconds. Yeah, it's like all right, awesome. Charles, yeah, I, I believe it's Rue. Yeah, I'm sorry. I only know that because of the pronunciation guide I've been working on this week. Everybody corrects me all day long on it. Ryu. Yeah, look, look up our IGN pronunciation Ryu. guide. Oh yeah, yeah, it's really funny. Charles, you act like. 
money doesn't matter anymore. You've got millions of dollars. You work at IGN. Brian's talking about money doesn't matter to kids. I'm actually uh, sitting on a mound of cash. No, right I was now. saying that kids don't matter to me. Uh, whatever. There's this guy called Notch, and he made this game called Minecraft, and it's only like twenty bucks. However, a kid on Twitter asked I think him. Thirty bucks. Yeah. Oh well, that's a ripoff. No wonder this kid. The kid on Twitter <laughs> says he can't afford it. What does he do? Notch says pirate it. Yeah. What do you think of that? I mean, that's fine. That's that's his prerogative. It's his it's his game. To a fan on Twitter, Notch said, I really like the game. Oh, I'm sorry, this is what the kid says. I really like the game, but lack the money to buy it. I thought I might at least ask for a free account before piracy. Notch's response, just pirate it. <laughs> if you still like it when you can't afford it in the future, buy it then. Also, don't don't forget to feel bad. Winky face. Winky face. I mean, that's a very under underground type of attitude. It's mm-hmm. it's just sp- spreading awareness and, and giving people the ability to play takes precedent over, over profiting. And that, that's... I, I think that's newsworthy. Uh, just He's because so you, cyberpunk. You, you, exactly. <laughs> you, you do not. You will never hear that from from any of the bigger publishers. That is the, the worst thing of all time. Kasarai, I don't have money to buy PSP games and pirate them. Go to the store and shoot a guy and steal them all. Jesus. Rob at Best Buy at gunpoint. Those typo ridden idiots. I think there is some precedent, right? I mean, the Doom guys were always like, yeah, just take it. You know, they, they, they were always all Yeah, they, but they also had the same sort of, like, indie thing. I think what Charles is saying is, like, if, if Minecraft was, like, an EA game. Oh, well, You couldn't, yeah. like, the lead designer or whatever couldn't pop on Twitter and be like, ah, fucking steal it. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's very anti-corporate uh, yeah. messaging. I don't, I don't know, you know, and, it, and it's, there, there is a space for that to, that type of mentality to, to continue to be expressed. I think, you know. That, but isn't piracy killing games? Uh, it, it, you know, it's it's difficult to say how much money I, I think studios are actually losing because I mean the the argument's been brought up time and time again. The people who are so committed to not paying for a product, mm-hmm. uh, who pirate, uh, you know, who who knows? Like, if you were to somehow cut out all piracy, if they really care enough to go and buy the game anyway, they're just doing that because they want to. I'm sure you know there there's definitely a percentage there. I would assume that of people who would buy if they weren't able to pirate. I mean, but, we we ran that news story a few weeks back about the most pirated games of 2011. Did you guys see that? Yeah. And one of them, I think, was like Crisis Two, was like 3.5 million Damn. times it was it was downloaded. People like those graphics. Yeah, graphics. I mean, but that's you're you're running that game on a very expensive computer, I assume. Uh, the, Every computer is very expensive. It's true. <laughs> it's also, also not true. I, I watched Clements <laughs> build his. They're not cheap, Charles. And I even asked you. I was like, I want to build a basic computer. You were up in the thousands. I was like, oh my god. No, well, I was asking. Fertilla's going to need no, no, a back no, surgery no, no, one no. day. I still- <laughs> I don't. Even, how is that You're gonna get possible? a hot dog what? bun surgically attached? To <laughs> does, does Minecraft have like a free demo version? Uh, I, I, think, I think there is. Isn't I think there? you can test something for free. I don't know. I haven't looked at it in a while. I think there there was a version that you could go in and just play randomly, yeah. but it wasn't a full featured version. I mean, his business plan is like still like even with piracy, it works perfectly because you don't just play Minecraft for a few weeks and then buy a new game. Like you play it all year. You know, so if, if you are going to play it for free for a while and then be able to afford it eventually, like you probably you probably have a better chance. I to mean, buy it it's a goodwill game. gesture. And that, you know what I mean? That yeah. mentality does sort of uh, fit in with how the game was distributed anyway, which is you know the pricing tiers just kept ramping up closer to uh, the game's eventual you know quote unquote uh, release date. Um, it, it was cheaper earlier on, and then it got more expensive. Blah blah blah. So it, you know, it's 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 in it's, line with what he's been saying, and as Notch says, it's it's been his mentality all along. And they've made mil- tens of millions of dollars. Uh, I, I don't even know how much money they made. It's, it's a lot. It has to be insane. Yeah, yeah. Their their sales counter on their site, which is publicly displayed, is you know they're quadruple for the for the final now. version. How much is it? 
like the sales counter is it is it like a millions it's it's just it's been uh it's cumulative over since since the game went on sale yeah 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 um, but it, it continues to skyrocket. It's not it's not really slowing down that much. And the game is coming out on uh, Xbox at some point. Um, so we'll see how that affects the just pirated off Xbox Live his, his ability to say that kind of thing. Because I assume Microsoft would probably not not be as happy with but, that kind but of language. You can't, well, I guess can you pirate Xbox Live games? I know you can pirate Xbox games. Like I haven't I haven't tried. <laughs> But, I mean, like, is it possible? I you mean, can, how would you get the code to even pirate it? I don't think that's possible. Hack hack the review site thing that we all use sometimes? I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Whatever. That would take a... Yeah, I don't know. There, there's there's so geniuses work, like, out there. I remember when I said, I mean, how though, would you like, hack the you... PSN? It's impossible. It's yeah. a computer. You can't do it. <laughs> Look how that pays. But, but, like, you know, ripping, ripping done, a DVD Greg. and playing it on a... Or, like, playing it on a burner or whatever, you know, that that's one way of... I think that's how people do Xbox. So, that's that's the only point of me. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, let's do some quick hits here. To begin with, Charles, uh, Wolfpack member. Wait, what's it? Stop doing the Wolfpack. Wolfpack! I don't... <laughs> yeah! I was right. Last week I said, XCOM, it's not coming out this year. It's not going to make 2012, March, whatever. demos. I remember and the, You remember this. Oh, yeah. And I was right. What happened, Charles? It got delayed. Until uh, 2013. The, uh, the Game Informer issue that came out that has the, the reveal of Enemy Unknown, which is the Firaxis <laughs> strategy game, uh, the XCOM Firaxis strategy game, uh, that is this year still, in the fall. Um, and then 2K Marin Shooter was bumped to 2013. Now, is it fiscal year 2013 or 2013? The the magazine says 2013. There's no mention of fiscal year. Okay, okay. So calendar uh, year 2013. GameScoop uh, listener Geo wrote into GameScoop at IGN.com, just like you can. And he uh, shot off his mouth a little bit on Saturday or Sunday over the weekend. And he said, now, Greg, I will personally buy you, send you, or possibly deliver you a pizza of your choice, size topping crust even, from oh. your favorite pizza joint in the Bay Area if... FPS XCOM doesn't come out this year. Well, well his name's not Ike. Out this year. Yeah, so Pizza party. Pizza party, Ike. So yeah, he, he earlier he was like, well, maybe it'll be fiscal year. So I'm, we'll wait. We'll see what he says to that. But yeah, uh, the, according to the magazine article, it just says 2013. <coughs> that's that's when that shooter will come out. Which which makes sense. There's there's no way there's enough space in in one year for two XCOM games. Are you gonna try a new pizza place? No, never. But cheese pizza only. Really? I find what I want. Well, I mean, don't mean I'll try new. But when I'm when I'm when I'm milking a free pizza out of a kid. Yeah. I'm gonna get what I want. You, what about Little Star? You don't like Little oh, Star? I like Little Star. Fine. Okay. I, I think the cheese is more honest. It, 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 this is the argument. Did if you almost say more honest pizza? <laughs> no, not, I'm not doing okay. the Papa John's. <laughs> not the Papa. In my opinion, if being from Chicago, I think you go in two directions. You're either a big fan of Lou Malnati's or you're a big fan of Giordano's. I'm a big fan of Giordano's, and the cheese is Giordano's reflected. Greg, will you come to New York with me? Yeah. For a weekend. Yeah, I and went we'll with Colin. Just, we'll just have a pizza party. Oh, man, me and, Colin, me and Colin ate pizza all the time in New York Comic Con. We kept bringing them back to our hotel room. We got Isn't caught in Occupy Wall Street pizza. So what's your part, opinion, part New York versus Chicago? Well, I mean, they're completely different. Like, yeah. that's the no, thing. I what know, kind no, of mood are you I understand, I understand that, but what... Okay, so it's strictly a mood thing. Well, totally. what, I mean, like, every time I order from Cheese, I don't... I rarely order Chicago style. I usually just get their thin crust. Yeah. And not their thin thin, which is like the cracker thin, almost like St. Louis yeah, it's something yeah. like New York. None of those are really like New York style, but yeah, big slice, is, fold it in half. That's awesome. Is St. Yeah. Louis pizza actually like a St. Louis thing? I, I never I heard know. that term. That's, that's, that's like I, the cr- they, crispy, crispy. They were really protective of it when I was in Missouri. That that was their thing, and I was like, I, I, I ate really thin pizza in Chicago, but I'm not going to fight you on this. Whatever, <laughs> yeah. I got I got enough things to fight about. 
I'm not gonna put St. This. Louis is so mad right now. I'm sure they are. All all the listeners right yeah, there. Yeah, because their pizza sucks. They're, they're up, <laughs> they're up, the arch is swaying because they're all like so mad. We love they, our cracker pizza. What's wrong with you? Emos. Uh, Charles, <laughs> we got we got more delays and development news. Okay. This game called S T A L K E R two is well. It's got a bunch of periods in there. Mm-hmm. It's it an, does. It's it's, a, it's an acronym I don't for remember, something. I don't remember what the acronym right. is. Is there like a little kid in the room we don't want to hear? <laughs> <laughs> Stalker two still in development on their Facebook. Facebook page they posted uh the stalker team is extremely happy why because we're continuing to work on stalker 2 after the holidays yeah so there were (laughs) there were stories uh that came out uh late last year that basically said the game was in big trouble was basically done and now they're still working on it you know i've i've put in several emails to them and uh no response yet to find out exactly what's going on but uh, it sounds like at least for now it's still in development i i personally i love stalker i think i mean the, the uh, Clear Sky was not so good, but uh, Shadow of Chernobyl, Call of Pripyat were both, uh, and I probably pronounced that incorrectly, yeah, but they're, they're, they're both excellent games, uh, great atmosphere, um, and uh, lots of ways to, to customize yourself. It's like a post-apocalyptic first-person shooter slight, and with open-world elements. It's really cool. Okay. Uh, so I, I hope that Stalker 2 winds up happening, because I would absolutely love to play that game. I thought interesting in the news story, we sourced the fact that five years after IGN ran the first preview of the original Stalker, it shipped. The, so Stalkers, I mean, it's very appropriate that this is happening with Stalker 2 because the original Stalker, the development cycle on that game was completely nuts. The The entire design of the game seemed to, seemed to change with every new preview. It's like, oh, we have vehicles. Oh, now there aren't vehicles anymore. Um, so it, it, it's very appropriate for the franchise because the, the development cycle of the first one was are, a total are there just nightmare. Like, are there like just a couple of guys working on it? Is that... I actually don't know how big their team is at GSC. Um, Apparently, they're really excited to keep working on it after the Really excited. So they need, they, what if they just hold on to it forever? They never let us have it. Like, no, this is our toy. This is what we like doing. We just want to get together, we, hang out with the bros. We keep getting tax breaks, and we're just going to keep working on this game. <laughs> what crazy holidays do they have in Russia? Uh, I don't know. How, why would I know that? You know everything else. You look Russian. Yeah. Um, there's one holiday where Here, they, actually, everyone, here comes something racist. Everyone doesn't drink. And <laughs> there they, it is. And they all go to work for a day. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. Jeez, Louise. Remember. I, I believe they're, they're, they're based in Kiev in, in Ukraine. Okay. Uh, I like chicken Kiev. I don't know if that's connected. Uh, yep, that's definitely connected. Is it? Yep, one hundred percent. I don't I think you're being sarcastic. I can't tell. Nope. Uh, two no, two reviews of Note came out this week. It's uh, actually the first... from Kiev, St. Louis. <laughs> they love their cracker thin the, chicken their Kiev cracker chickens. Uh, <laughs> the Cube review went up on uh, IGN PC. I gave it a six. Nick Colon gave it a six point five. In okay, everybody who walked by stopped and said, "Is this Portal?" Because it looked like Portal with Dragon Age hands, mm-hmm. yeah. not Dragon Age hands, Skyrim hands. <laughs> Shock hands. Yeah, yeah, five it's shock hands. Cube. Is it? Cuba. Cuba? Well, it's really? Q-U-B-E, right? Q-U-B-E, Q-U-B-E yeah. yeah. I'm Q- going by the Quob? rules set up by the game Kicks. Q-I-X. So it's Cube. <laughs> I don't I like Cube better. I think it's like how Sony puts core in front of everything like that. Well, if, if, you're, if it's Cube, then it has to have a little asterisk after the Cube, like Cubert. All right, well, Strapline was portal and ain't notable quote from the review, but there's a fine line between appropriating and emulating, which is perhaps indistinguishable until you cross it. Cube is a game that has wandered across that line. Oh, that's good, Nicole. Nicole and Award You should have used the word ambled. I think that's a better word <laughs> than wandered. Well, you can go on and change it. Go ahead. Okay. It's like a wiki. Yeah, that's true. Uh, the other review, Amy from Calm Moriarty, a PSN Xbox Live game, a 2.0. I heard that was great. Oh, 2.0. 2.0. That's no. bad. That's the opposite end of the scale no. you want to be on. Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, horrifyingly bad was the Strapline. A quote... <laughs> 
a review quote of note. If you want a downloadable game for $10, scroll randomly through the titles offered by your downloadable service of choice. Randomly stop on a game and buy it. Your money will be, your money will have almost <laughs> certainly been better spent in lieu of buying Amy, which absolutely no one should play. You know what was another bad Amy? The talking gorilla from Congo. Uh, I thought you were going to say chasing Amy. I was going to jump across the oh, table. Oh, what about the pink hedgehog? Okay. Did you just make a yeah. Congo movie reference? I did. Never I forget, Charles. Amy, good gorilla. Uh, speaking of one and only Colin Moriarty, he is putting up his review in progress for Kingdoms of Amalur Reckoning. Hey, listeners. Uh, I hate you so much. From 38 Studios. Uh, we're going to beam Colin in, and I'm going to go interview somebody with Colin. That's right, everybody. We have a very special segment about Kingdoms of Amalur Reckoning. I am Greg Miller still. I'm alongside Colin Moriarty. Colin, how you doing? I'm fine. How are you? I'm good. You want to say beyond? Beyond. Beyond, indeed. Uh, now, like I said, all about Amalur here. We're joined by Joe Quadera. That's I said correct. it right. Yeah, yeah I nailed it. I knew wow. spelling it out would work. You're lead combat designer. That's correct, yeah. And then we also have some new guy who I've never, ever heard of before, uh, Ken Ralston. Now, you've written down a few titles here. You have Executive Design Director. Which I believe is probably the real one. And then internationally celebrated game designer. Huh. Actually, that's the one that's on my card. Is it? Yes. You're that yeah. guy. What have you made again? What, 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 what games have you worked on for the kids who are just listening right now? These kids who don't even know anything well, beyond the PSP. Well, back before the earth cooled, I made a game called Paranoia, which oh. was a celebration of doom. You know, everybody dies. It's a lighthearted game. What is it? Uh, yeah. And then uh, Dungeons and Dragons, RuneQuest, uh, paper and pencil games. And then I came to the uh, hallowed halls of computer games. You sold your soul. Yes, yes, for filthy lucre. And uh, (laughs) had the great good fortune to uh, be the lead designer on Morrowind and Oblivion. And now I am... uh, Working with Big Huge and 38 Studios on the best game in modern history called Reckoning. Now, you have to say that, of course. I'm sure Kurt Schilling whipping you Uh, every day and driving that into your head. It's my chemicals that make me say that. And the way I say it. We pulled him out of retirement to do it. Yes. Out of cryogenic freeze. Just (laughs) let's make a game. Yeah. Colin. Yes. They have to say that. We say it's very good as well. We've enjoyed it every time we've played it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I played it first, I guess, in Las Vegas. I was with uh, Anthony, who's uh, one of our our PC editors. Um, We were really impressed with the game. um, And so impressed that we've been... You know, uh, given a, a build of the game, and we're going to be reviewing it uh, shortly. My review and uh, progress will be posted every Friday leading up to oh, guess, February, early February, when we get to review Ooh. it. Itself. But it's a it's a great game, and, and I'm, I'm afraid it's kind of getting lost in between. You know, Skyrim had just come out, and Mass Effect, which is another great role playing game, uh, is coming out right after Reckoning. So, what do you guys, you know? When you talk about Reckoning and, and you want people to really you know know what it is and, and put it on the map, what is it about Reckoning that makes it special amongst all the RPGs on the market? Uh, it's all the, the combat. That's my, <laughs> that, of course. It's the thing that I do. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, really, though, it's when you're playing an RPG, and uh, for me, when I play an RPG, I always want the combat to be more action-oriented or at least have get some adrenaline going or some sweat going on the controller so I at least feel scared a little bit. And so... Really, when we you play our game compared to any other RPG out there, you're going to at least feel that like testosterone or adrenaline or whatever it is, and it's some endorphins getting into your brain because the combat is. I don't want to use the word visceral, but it's intense. 
Okay. Well, that's the, yeah, that's the thing, right? Is that I mean, some RPGs get bogged down in you know, this great story, all these stats, <laughs> <laughs> but the combat isn't that great. But when you play your game, it feels like action. It feels like an action game, right? Like you're running yeah. around. I remember the first time at E3 when I got um, I don't know its official name, the the frisbee looking deal that the I get thrown. Shockroom. That's yeah. of course. How can I not remember yeah, that one? Come on. And I'm, yeah, and he thrown it around, and it was you know, it felt like an awesome action game. Yeah, and that's Ken loves the Shockroom too. Like he talks all right, about Ken. The shwing, 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 Shockroom shwing, Brothers. Shwing, yeah. Shwing, yeah. Shwing. Great. All right, next. <laughs> um, so I think you know, I think the combat is one of the, the hallmarks of the game, or it seems like it is from the experience I've had with it. And, and you know, there are reasons why. You know, I'm going to say, Greg, I, I don't like Dark Souls uh, because of the, the combat. Uh, but this game seems to have. It seems like you said it seems to really focus on combat. But there's all this other stuff that I, I, I'm really excited about too. When we were at Comic Con uh, doing podcasts Beyond Live, yeah, uh, we you know I stopped in at the Amalur, uh story panel and I was fascinated by you know the mythology behind the game. And can you guys mm-hmm. tell me a bit about how deep this story is? And, and obviously this 1,000 year history, this R.A. Salvatore kind of inspired fantasy world times 10. I think it's 10,000 10, years. Yeah. Yeah. That's even more absurd. So <laughs> yeah. Talk about that. Uh, it, it may shock you to find out that most role-playing games don't have that level of background. Even with the anal retentive games master kinds of mentality from Dungeons and Dragons, where you'd have the guy would have twelve binders of all background stuff that you definitely didn't want to hear about. Uh, R.A. comes from that. He's a paper and pencil game designer. I know him from back in TSR. He loves that stuff, but he's also a hugely talented professional, and he also knows how to tell a story. And all those pressures driving him to to focus it made him make something that, well, I am going to forgive him because he's better a writer than I am. I think it's only fair, though, to, to hate him to a certain degree because I've always wanted to be that good. And it's bad to have it thrown up in your face that you're not that good. But I've gotten over it. It's, uh, so the question is, you know, <laughs> why is it better? Because it's written by R.A. Salvatore. It has a lot to do with it. But it's also been worked on by the, those guys um, at uh, up in Providence, uh, 38 Studios, working on an MMO. And therefore, it has a huge richness. So all of our needing to share it has made the need to communicate it very good so it's unusually well documented and it's mm-hmm. full of good stuff uh when trying to choose a setting we were uh poisoned for choice we had too many choices so that, that's just a, a hint yeah i'm glad you can forgive him for me he will always be the man who killed chewbacca and he will never be forgiven <laughs> by the way he's very really? sensitive never be he, forgiven he, that comes up very often i know he was really defensive about it a long time ago when i interviewed him and that was question number one and then the interview stopped i shuffled my papers yeah. and left his headphones went off and he said this is over um i mean yeah obviously R.A. salvatore wrote what 21 new york times bestseller so this is a guy who yeah. knows how to write he's a, he's a great fantasy author i know at the comic-con panel they were talking about something called the bible yeah, um, can you kind of explain what that is? Is it really is it really a like a, a one book that you guys have? That it's you pass a around? wiki now, in the sense that it started off as a as a standard Bible. I mean, he's used to that. <laughs> the old of, standard Bible. Yeah, 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 no, yeah, no, it was not King James. Uh, forget which one it was. But, Copernicus chapter twelve. But now it's elaborated. <laughs> now it's elaborated into a rich wiki with a lot of detail, names, places, and all that stuff. It's just delightful to be pillaging it for details. And then for our fun, it's still got enough open-endedness to it that we can improvise into it gloriously. And, and 
you know, I know they were saying at the panel, I mean, is, is, is there literally no character, no nothing in that game that doesn't have a backstory? I mean, they were making it seem like everything existed for a reason and somehow is intertwined with each other. There is a tiny subset of things that is occasionally uh, mentioned, and then I'll look through using the search function, not able to find its antecedents, but we are busily taking those things and <laughs> filling them in. It's, it's kind of, it's not a joke. It's wherever we find an edge that looks like a really great setting designer builds too much content with hooks on the end of it. And then as he develops, he'll start to attach those hooks to other things. Some of the hooks aren't attached. We're using the hooks that aren't already attached because, it, I mean, it's a, a well-put-together world. And then we're putting our own stuff to it so that the coherence of it is by design by a great writer with a good sense of how to make too many hooks. Mm-hmm. And is the idea? I know you know you, this MMO is in development um, that we don't know a great deal about, and obviously this 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 whole Kingdoms of Amalur franchise is probably going to be something you guys are going to run with. Um, so how you know? For instance, I know the MMO takes place what a thousand years before or after Reckoning. Do you guys do you guys know that off the top of your head? It- it's after. It's yeah. after. We're, and, we're before. And, it's after. That's the question after. that stumps them. They have this huge Bible yeah, and this like, wiki oh, no. with like every, oh, I don't know how many years yeah. it was. You think we memorized it? <laughs> <laughs> you guys don't know about documents? Believe me. I'm, I'm just so fast. I mean, I love de- I love dense games and dense stories. It's really one of the reasons why I love Mass Effect, frankly, is because you can travel all these planets and just read about this nerdy fictional shit, basically, that <laughs> only I would be interested in, I guess. But uh, it, it's cool because they were talking about at the panel, too, that in the MMO there will be, for instance, castle ruins that were a real castle in Reckoning. So, I mean, is this something you guys really have to pay attention to as these games are developed parallel to one another? Is it something the teams have to talk to each other, or is it kind of you're just doing your own thing and then the MMO will work off of what you guys have done since your game comes first? No, we always have to talk about pretty much everything, especially if it's like a landmark, like a city, uh, because that city could exist in the future or maybe ruined or maybe taken over by another species of creature. You, You really have no idea, so you need to be always working on that level of talking to them and making sure, because if we make it, and it's in their game, they're going to have to put it in their game, too. So we're sometimes creating work for them, which is actually a lot of fun. Yeah, I was going to say, can you screw with them? He's like, oh, let's drop a broken down brick wall over there. And then... have to write a story about yeah. it. Yeah. Um, so would you guys you know, say that you know, uh, Reckoning has maybe the deepest story in any RPG as far as how much you know it, for, as far as you guys know I mean you know knowing uh, obviously the JRPG slant from back in the day and obviously Western RPGs today this seems like the de- deepest and densest RPG I've ever heard of um, would you guys say that that's fair that could well be true I've seen a lot of them it is pro- okay I've seen a lot of different things work from the inside it's certainly the largest and it's the best articulated and the most internally coherent. And the other thing that we really haven't talked about so far, you like reading about the nerdy stuff. What I'm telling you, the great stuff is the stuff that you don't get to read about. Yeah. The franchise secrets that you put together that underpin everything. They're mysteries. They're things that we don't let you know, but we have to foreshadow it. And therefore, we leave these hooks for you guys to play when you say, I wonder if that means something. And then the second release, you know, that you do, there's a, wait a minute, there's beginning to be a convergence of things. So those mysteries you get in like an X-Files or what's really going on out there. So right. that stuff's in there too. Yeah, that's fascinating. I love that stuff. Yeah. Preparing for the future is a word, right? Yeah. I hope there's a smoking man in yours. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we've talked about combat. We've talked about story, obviously, which is, you know, which is, seems to be really one of the pillars of the game. But we also have this kind of character customization option in Reckoning. And I was kind of curious if you guys can tell the listeners a bit about that, because that seems to be one of the hallmarks of the game, too, and, and, and something that I don't think a lot of people are talking about, actually. Uh, yeah, it's it's kind of like 
our RPG stance is that you should be able to choose your class and choose your race, and you're not necessarily a specific person in the world. Like, you are selecting who you are going to be. So <clears throat> I make always this guy named Branyan Bearmeadow, and I can choose from uh, two uh, races of uh, human, two races of elf, and uh, male or female on either side. Then choose your patron god, and you have all sorts of different ways to adjust your face and adjust your tattoo and your beard stubble. And it's as far as your customization goes, you can make all sorts of different combinations. So it's it's pretty awesome, and I love running through the world as my uh, sort of mustachioed naked dude. <laughs> yeah. and what, about, what, about, what about fate? I mean, obviously fate and destiny plays a huge part in character development, so can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, well? and, it, and that's, that's really sort of one of those mysteries that goes into the MMO, is that you start out the game and you realize that you're, you're dead. So um, you have been resurrected through this device called the Well of Souls, and you're the first and only person to ever, ever have done this. And fast forward to the future in the MMO, it'll be, everybody will be able to be using this well of souls and therefore immortal but you are the my first. god you, you are the first and you have a backstory you died you don't know how you died so as you play through the beginning of the game it's sort of just like trying to just figure out what's going on because the, the well of souls is under attack by the person who made it the person who made the well of souls really has no idea how it worked or how you even became alive so you have these initial mysteries just to go find out and then eventually go find out who your killer was and I mean, let's get down to numbers and nitty gritty. I mean, it seems like a, a you know we keep using the word dense. It's a dense game. Apart from the story, apart from all these things, it seems really long um, and meaty. And, and obviously, RPG fans like me are really going to like that. I mean, that's the best part. Give me some numbers though. Do you, how many quests? How many side quests? How many hours can a person expect to to dump it in this game? Because it seems like it, it, it could take an exorbitant amount of time, which oh, I yeah. think is going to be very pleasing to RPG fans. One, one of the stats that I love is uh, we tried to do a speed run, where 100 percent speed run, and it took the QA testers over 200 hours to complete 100%. Are you going to go for the platinum in this, Colin? We'll give you a one-point achievement for that. <laughs> um, as far as, like, there's a hundred, over 120 handcrafted dungeons. None of our dungeons are randomized or, like, created by any sort of procedural means. They're all handcrafted. They're there for a reason. Every little flower is placed. Um, quests, I have no idea how many quests, but if I, if I can tell you over 200 hours if you try to do them all, there you go. 200 hours and doing it as quickly as possible. And doing it as quickly as possible. So, yeah, yeah I like to explore every little nook and cranny, so it's going to take me a little longer than that. Part. I have my hands full with this review. Yeah, so I was going to say, I'm looking forward to this review in progress over oh the next God. six months. I think over <laughs> ten novels worth of dialogue. It's like one of the most... Uh, we... When we were doing the voiceover recordings, it, we were just throwing the four poor people for a loop because they'd never seen so much voiceover in anything really ever done. And it, I just realized, oh, you know what? I don't think anybody ever really has this much voiceover in any game. So it's awesome. a, a cool revelation there. I noticed uh, in the voice acting that uh, you know there's all these fictional and made up names and made up you know towns and and gods and all these things. Or do you guys have, just out of curiosity, do you have someone because we always talk, we always make fun of Heavy Rain, uh, which was clearly uh, Europeans uh, speaking English uh, using like origami. And the origami like killer. Uh, <laughs> right. do, you guys, do you guys have people, your own people there that kind of tell them how to say things, or are you kind of let the the voice the, the voice artists work things out for themselves? No, we definitely there's we have a narrative designer sit or a writer basically sit on uh, every voiceover recording and help them with the, the name stuff. And then beyond that, the person sitting with, uh, actually in the recording studio was making notes for every name that could possibly come up. Cause we had so many more than we knew. 
And so the poor like recording person is just like he had, had this huge Excel spreadsheet. Right. And so they ended up with like you know five hundred different names and how to say each thing. That's awesome. Quantic Dream, take note. All you had is one word. They had a, they <laughs> one had one word you had to nail. And origami. You origami. <laughs> it's, uh, this whole system's out. I'm gonna get that origami killer, and then I'll tell you. <laughs> Yeah, that was funny. So, all right. So, Kingdoms of Amal Reckoning is soon. Tell, tell me the date. Tell me the release date. Tell me the platforms. When can people find it? Uh, February 7th, uh, PC, Xbox 360, and PlayStation 3. Okay. Yeah. PlayStation 3 being the, the most important of the consoles you've said? Obviously. Yeah. <laughs> if we get... it, just I've been burned before. If I get 60 hours in, is it going to continue to run okay? That's my main concern. <laughs> Somebody's been look, looking at that, right? I will give you my personal guarantee on that one, yeah. Oh, I like that. Good. That's yeah, a good one. We're a little wary after Skyrim. Yeah. Well, yeah. thanks for just beating the horse over the head. I was trying to, you know, dance around it. Well, I'm not dancing around it. All right. Uh, all right, so we're excited. Uh, of course, keep, uh, keep it tuned to IGN. We'll have the review in progress and the review coming up in the next few weeks. Um, I will be very busy in the meantime. Gentlemen, thank you for joining us. Thank you. Um, and thank we are you excited. very much. We are very excited about the game. I tell you, there's no better interview combination than me and Colin Moriarty. Right, Brian? That was great. Wolfpack! Yeah, Charles! He's one of the members, one of the founding members over there. Who? Colin. Oh, okay. So yeah, we're I don't know why they're putting so many cars in that game, though. <laughs> I know it's an interesting one. It was an interesting choice for the hover cars to yeah. be in there. Yeah, I didn't really see the tie-in with Football Manager 2012. I know that was really weird. I mean, I, why, why would you want to kill a Football Manager with a sword? I think we've all known that it's gone to hell since Ryan Geddes went over there. Yeah, and that was pretty much the end of it. Thanks a lot, Ryan Geddes. Jeez, remember, I miss, I miss you. Remember, listeners, if you want to be part of the show, it's GameScoop at IGN.com. You can reach out just like Larry did. Larry is passing on the good vibes to you. Are we checking in with the listeners? No, we're not. God damn it. Hold on. It will be very clear when you need to say your line. And you're going to, I know you're going to do some joke about it. You're not going to do it. I'll do it right. Larry is gifting you Gunslinger over on the Xbox. He says, I got a DLC code for the full game and thought I would gift it since I really didn't like the demo. Well, thanks, Larry. Ringing (laughs) endorsement. But uh, if you have the fastest fingers, you could walk away with Gunslinger. It is. X C Y seven R P seven Y C C D X two D V W three six G X W G C T J. That last one was a J. So whoever gets that, send good vibes to Larry. Tell him how much you love him. Let's check in with the listeners. Yay! Hey, listeners. There it is! The the moment we've been waiting for! The passing of the torch. (laughs) Oh, my God. I tell you what. Am I hired? Yep. You replace me now. (laughs) Nice. Next game scoop is you and Damon. Nice. I give the PS4 a 2 out of 10. Greg Miller. Wow. You're taking my name? I'm taking your job. Oh. That news also came out this week. What? The PS4, the no announcement thing? Oh, yeah, man. it goes back and forth all the time. Yeah, it, it, I guess you can screw up the flat flow of the show. What do I care? I'm just the host. Okay. Okay. Back to the news, everybody. <laughs> Sorry, listeners. Come I get didn't know some. if the listener email was going to cover that or not. No, I don't think they do. Okay. But yeah, PS4 not going to be at E3, apparently. PS4. Uh, they, you know, there was rumors that Xbox, for, Xbox, whatever, and PS4 would be at E3. Then Kaz uh, from Sony came out and said, "No, we're not making any announcements." But he left it kind of vague. And here's my whole thing: is that I remember last year when David Jaffe was like, "I'm not going to be at E3. Uh, my game's not ready." Blah 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 blah. And then he rolled out an ice cream truck and unveiled Twisted Metal. So uh-huh. Sony is not above lying to our face about anything. Yeah, you know, I, I I just thought it was odd that that would be addressed this early. Normally, you would get a no comment on, yeah, yeah. on something like that, or we don't comment on rumors and speculation. But to get a no, that's not 
happening, that <laughs> is actually more suspicious than a no comment. Yeah. Because it, mm-hmm. it seems designed to throw off, throw off the trail. people who are saying, oh, this is going to happen. Really? I think it's not happening. I think they're in no rush to get PS4 up. There's an argument that I, if well, they I did, like, why would people keep buying the PS3? I mean, no, it's already not selling great. No You're trying they, to make up room. They could drop the PS3 another 50 bucks or 100 bucks or something and sell, like, as many as they need to for a long time. Yeah, and I, I mean, I don't think they're actually going to release it anytime soon, but I think they at least need to, to hint at it. Yeah, I don't think anyone's playing a game like, and I've said this before, but I don't think anybody finished Uncharted 3 and said, oh, man, I really wish that looked two times better. Yeah, it yeah. looked amazing. It was fun, and uh, you know we're. In, I don't think Sony's in any rush. They, these... Maybe they'll debut their giant controller with a little TV in it. No, maybe not the Vita. You mean? No, I think he means the Wii U. Oh God, yeah, we see, don't need any that more. That one of those. exploded in your face. <laughs> well, did you see that Google demo that we have on IGN? That's, no. that's cool. So the Wii U like was at CES this week. Yeah, and, taking um, over your whole show. Yeah, oh, sorry. <laughs> and I guess this was at E3, but there's a Google Maps um, thing they were showing where. Basically, they're they're using like I, I've never seen Google Maps function this well, but it's just like driving down the street of like a, a you know a metropolitan area, mm-hmm. and that's on the big screen. And then the Wii U controller is in front of it, and basically you can just turn and just like turn and look all around with the Wii U controller. And even though that thing's just going down the street, you can look to the side and behind oh, you okay. and see the street going back. And like in real time, it's like flawless. It's just like pointing all around. Prediction that'll never that won't ship with the Wii U. That no. that will never happen on the Wii U. Mm. Well, not cuz I'm against the Wii U just cuz I've seen the I mean, I remember the PlayStation Tech demos with all this garbage that it was going to be right, doing. Right. We never did it. But I mean, and there's no use for it. But but what if, you know, you're you're building a 3D environment where you're moving through space yeah. and you're looking all around you with the with the with the Wii U Pokemon Snap. It just it looks really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah I could go for a good Snap Pokemon would be, Snap, yeah. would be really funny. Um, but yeah, I thought that was really neat. Hey, listeners. Hey, listeners. <laughs> uh, the first one comes from Win Smith. It's related to what we've been talking about. Hey, guys, scoop. If you had to, if you had to send three games back in time to yourself to show your past self what video games were like today, what three games would you send back to represent all current games? How how far back in the past? Let's say uh, thirteen. We're thir- No, let's go farther back then. Well, you're, when did you get your first console? When you got your first console, the day Nin- after you got your first 1986, console, nineteen eighty six. I was five years old. So I'm saying like eighty nine ish, eighty eight. If you if like my dad came home for my birthday and set up my NES, and then like this weird dystopian alternate future version of me from twenty five years later walked in <laughs> with like Uncharted three, yeah, I would die. Like, I know, right? I, I Can you I imagine just, that? That's what ex- I was thinking too. My head would explode. I wouldn't be. I was just like, I'm, I'm playing Punch Out for the first time. Like, da 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 da. And some guy walks in. He's like, These are video games in the future. <laughs> they look better than movies do now. Whoa! <laughs> to that point, though, he could have. You could have brought back any like shitty Connect fighting game, and you would have been like, Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, it's true. You're like Sonic Racers Two Snowboard Edition. Like, oh, this is crazy. Yeah, I mean, remember Back to the Future Two. This is so much when, better than Deadly Towers. Well, so, I think Elijah so Wood character Tony Hawk Ride. Yeah, <laughs> it's full of technology. <laughs> but I remember in, in Back to the Future Two, when I think it's Elijah Wood's character or the kid next to Elijah Wood mm-hmm. says, "Oh, you have to use your hands. That's a baby's toy." Yeah. And you're like, oh, that's crazy. That how could, <laughs> you, I couldn't even picture what a game would be without a controller. And now here we are. Yeah. Now here jumping we are. around like a bunch of morons and wipeout. Yep. Uh, yeah, Uncharted would be my pick. Uh, yeah. Totally, because that w- I think I think it's one. I often think like. If, what if you just brought like anybody back, like ben, Benjamin Franklin? You know what I mean. You showed him mm-hmm. something. Like you could convince him that that's like I mean, real. He life. would drop dead. Yeah, <laughs> you would kill Benjamin Franklin on the spot. No, yeah. I'll be a hundred dollar bill in the field holding a kite. Charles, what would you bring back? Shogun. Uh, uh, I think Half Life Two. I would have to send mm-hmm. that back. Mm-hmm. What about Portal Two? 
Uh, Portal 2 would also be a really good pick, I think, just in terms of uh, uh, storyline and story delivery and, and what dialogue could actually be like right. in-game. Yeah. I think um, I think another good one would be like if you if you took back like Mario Galaxy or something, because it's like people are just saying... how the platformers f- evolve? Oh, you're like, see how Mario has evolved. Like, they're playing Super Mario for the first time, and you're like, see this guy? He's going to grow up to be the most iconic face in gaming. And uh, this and is here's his- the new Super Mario Brothers Wii. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Look how round everything what? is. <laughs> it's kind of the same. It's pretty cool. Now four of you can play. Yeah, I would go into the future and bring back a robot girlfriend, and then I I would be like, "Look how great girlfriends are going to be from the future." <laughs> Well, what do you think the about robots. that? What, what, what about 30 years from now? What, what if 30 years from now, Greg and Brian could come back right now and show us what video games would be? Would it have the same impact? I thought you were going to ask me if in 30 years, Greg and Brian will have robot girlfriends. I, I think that's I, I think, think so. That's oh, clear. Yeah. If yeah. we don't have virtual reality sex, all of this will be in vain. <laughs> the well, entire gaming industry. I if the you de- watch the documentary, so basically uh, Demolition Man. Yes! I want, that's yeah. what I was about to say. I want um, the, the sex headset. Now, but, think, about, think about that movie. <laughs> Sandra Bullock put out in that movie easier than she did in any other movie. Yeah. Like, she was just like, Sylvester Stallone's like, whoa, you want to And she's like, yeah, sure, let's have sex. But then they use the headset thing. Exactly. So the, they don't actually have sex. So, yeah, exactly. And, well, we, and I, remember, they, they put it on for a second, and it's not real sex. No. It's like them in, like, black space with, like, I think there was, like, yeah, they those like, twirler but baton that's things. 10 years with, from now. Think about 30. Okay. Yeah. Interesting stuff. Yeah. I don't want to live I don't in think world. we solved anything, but there you go. Also, Skyrim. Yeah. Also the fast. Oh yeah! Can you imagine that? Also the fast food wars. That would, that Taco would... Bell would be the winner. Uh, I'd bring I mean, back you're... Skylanders because it has all those cool toys, and I mm-hmm. love that shit in the eighties. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'd bring back Mega Man Nine. <laughs> Nothing's changed. <laughs> you, you're just, you're just pranking yourself. It'll never get better, guys. You're just going back and pranking yourself. You're like, what, no matter what anybody says, this is what it's going to look like. So go ahead and make bets. <laughs> go ahead and bet all your money on it. Whatever. This is the future of gaming, guys. This is the best graphics will ever be. I think Minecraft would actually be a good pick, though, because that that would be such a great replacement for for Lego blocks. Because I, I was mm-hmm. obsessed with Legos back mm-hmm. then. So. Yeah, and it kind of looks like an NES game turned 3D. So that would totally blow people's minds because they'd be like, "Wow!" Yeah, there's there's no future shock associated. Yeah, there's no that. textures or anything like that. Like, this shouldn't will... you really bring back a terrible game though to say like, make sure everything you do in your life makes sure this type of game never happens, right? <laughs> kill ev- kill yeah. everyone on the Rogue Warrior development yeah, team. Exactly. Yeah, that that'd be better than thing. like you have to wait until you're 40 to play this. And they show them something awesome. Yeah, that's although true, none true. of us are forty. But I mean, if you brought back Rogue Warrior, you might think that that game was amazing. Yeah, you oh, would. Yeah, you would. Sure. You'd, you'd be blown away by and how that, good it was. I think kids like will buy games. You know, that's what you go to a GameStop and just buy any game when you're a kid, and they play them and they like them. You know, it's just like that's yeah. just that's, it's yeah. still you're still like awe associated <coughs> with any game, even if it's terrible. Mm. All right, well, we've talked about what we would do when we were younger. Now it's time to talk about what we'll do when we're much, much older. Mm. Rob from Down Under writes in and says, So I've just turned 30. I've always played a lot of games, but I find these days less games grab me, and I get bored really easily. It used to be that I'd get a game, finish it, and do a lot of extra things, but these days, half the time I don't even finish the game unless it's really compelling storyline. I know you guys are all around the similar age. Speak for yourself, Rob. But do you have the same thing? I'm 28. I'll be be 29 in April. Okay. Uh, My theory is that I've pretty much played a lot of different games so much that I'm not enjoying the same things I used to. I'm getting bored. Mm. You're not. It happens. You're just getting older. Is that really what's uh, happening? I think you're playing the wrong games too. Yeah, I think that's a big thing. I, I, I and also, I think it, you know, interesting games waxes, waxes and wanes, right? There, I mean, there's definitely times mm-hmm. where all I want to do is game, and then there's other times where I'm so tired I just want to watch something inactive. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't want to be involved with it. <clears throat> but yeah, it's, and right now it's more along the lines of for me personally, I have to totally be 
totally interested in something, right? Skyrim's great, and I loved it, and I played like 25 hours of it, but then I was like, I'm done. Like, I don't want to just keep doing this, so now I'm kind of in this weird, I'll play DC Universe for a while, or then I'll, you mm-hmm. know, I'll watch all of Breaking Bad or something goofy like that. Attaboy. But once Kingdom, I, like, I'm really excited for Reckoning. When Reckoning gets here, I plan on losing myself to that for a while, and then Mass Effect 3, but it's not like every week I'm playing something for 40 hours. It's Now it's like I'm waiting for bigger titles, Keystone things. And I think I think it's a matter of, of breaking up the types of games you play. If you find that you're, you're bored with with the games you thought you'd be interested in, you should just go out and try a completely different genre that you never would have checked Nobody's out. Nobody's going to play PC, Charles. Yeah. I've, I, I have sure. been playing it. You Are know you that. making a plug? No. Okay. I no, no, I agree. <laughs> and I think, I think the 3DS actually invigorated a lot of what I like about like gaming because there's just nothing on that that's like anything else. And I, We're playing crazy stuff. Like we, yeah. we got obsessed with this puzzle game called Pushmo. Talk to me about this. People keep tweeting me about this, but I haven't played it. So I don't it's know sort what of it like is. Catherine. In that, really? Yeah. Well, you, well, you're moving blocks, right, and to get to the top of something. Okay, hot blonde in it. But you can't like push them back and no. forth. You can only push them into the distance. No, there's it's a bunch of little no, squat sumo looking dudes. Yeah, okay, they're uh-huh. little fat sumo guys. I mean, it's totally well, have, baby presentation. All right, it's so like old pastel and lame. But the puzzles are fun. But yeah, all the levels look like old school eight and sixteen bit sprites. But then you get it's like a here's a big Goomba, and then you go to pull out his foot at the Each bottom. Each pixel you yank it out like one or two levels, and then you have to like figure your way up because you can't you can't pull things once you're standing on them. Anyway, the point is that like you know I, I like Nintendo stuff, but the the, the 3ds is what I've been playing the most. Like I don't I haven't gone back to Skyrim in a while either. I don't know. There's just something about just the complete novelty of it. That that keeps me interested, and it's like, easy wow, just to this, pick up. Like I, I'm in the same boat where uh, I I just I can't play a, a 90 hour RPG anymore. Mm-hmm. I just can't. I just don't have that in my life. That's all that comes out on PC. Yeah, every exactly. game is 200 hours long. No, actually, I uh, I just signed up for Steam for the first time over break, and I got a new laptop that plays Dead Space at high spec. Nice. The new Dead Space at high settings, and uh, I went through, and obviously they were just giving shit away on Steam. Mm-hmm. So I bought a whole bunch of things that I never would have normally played. And uh, I'm having fun. Like it's it's nice to have just this compartmentalized little list of games all, across all genres. And I'm trying all these things I never would have normally tried. And I think with downloadable stuff, it helps like that. And so I tell this guy same thing Sam's saying. Like you know, download some cool shit and play it. It's so, Cube looks cool. I would play that. Yeah, I've been, I've been six five. Yet. But yeah, on on Steam, yeah. that's that's know, one I'm, of the nice I'm, things. I'm screen, aside from the sales, where you can yeah. pick up. I think they're doing something with Dead Space right now, where it's like five bucks for one and two Insane. or something yeah. like that. Yeah, it's just totally crazy. But yeah, all the random releases that come out through Steam, you're just like, I don't even know what that is, and then you find out that it's suddenly, uh, you know, it's it's surprisingly a great game. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, I think does, we're all drawn for the at least us in at IGN at the moment, right? Where I think most of us are drawn to these little things that are digestible, quick, get in, yeah. get out, get it, fix and go. Because for us, you know, like it's you're playing games for your job, so you're playing the twenty hours. You're playing like you know, Amalur. They just said the speed run the guy did, doing everything to one hundred percent the game. It wasn't a speed run. It was, what do you mean? Well, you can't. He, how, the, how do you speed run at two hundred hours? Because the speed run, <laughs> the speed run. How fast can you one hundred percent the game? Okay, so this so, was every side quest, like, exactly every, every everything. Mission, but everything. skipping dialogue because they made the game, they know what they're doing, and it took right. them two hundred hours. Yeah, and it's like so. I understand that you, that you're doing all that for work, so then you just want to have these quick hits for fun. You want to no, get that's like writing up. guides, right? You yeah. Know, the last thing I want to do when I get home is is play a game methodically and slow. Like I, I writing guys ruins games for me. Does that like that for reviews for you guys? Like I, sometimes some like, games. When I do review a game, I want to like play through it normally, you mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. just have fun and do whatever I want. 
But I'm I'm pretty obsessive with all games, so I you know I kind of take Skyrim home. I think it's more than just guides and stuff. Like I I I put together a visual feature, like a visual history of Soul Calibur characters, which looks really good. You should go see it. Thank you. Yeah, go check it out. It's on IGN somewhere. Um, You'll never find it. Uh, (laughs) But after looking like you know just photoshopping pictures of Lizard Man throughout the last 15 years in in Soul Calibur, I have no desire to play that new game. But did you really? Were you really on the hook for Soul Calibur I, I beforehand? I used to love the Soul Calibur games. They were they were fun to me. But now you know, just you stare at something for too long and you stop caring about yeah. it. Sometimes I feel like I have like console fatigue from work. I'm like, oh, I'm not playing games at home, and I feel guilty about it. Yeah, like, yeah I'm not I understand playing games, that. But then I realize like I play I play tons of games that I don't realize I'm gaming. Like I, I you know I like arcade games, old stupid arcade games. I play those like crazy at home, and There's that some doesn't guy even count for me for some reason. Some guy listening to the show in a coal mine right now, being like, I fucking hate your guys. I know, right? <laughs> Some doctor, somebody out there. Uh, Lucas writes in, he says, My question is, after reading two articles on IGN, one about the importance of good storytelling, and one about the importance of good gameplay, I have been thinking, which games that have a great story have you played this generation, and which ones did you enjoy playing despite the story? Uh, well, I think Mass, Mass Effect is, is an easy example to point to about... It's, I think that game is all about story. I mean, there, yeah. there is gameplay in Mass Effect, and it works, and you know you can make some kind of cool decisions, but it's not really... The gameplay isn't that deep, and most of the time, once you level up a little bit, your every combat scenario starts to kind of feel the same. Yeah, you're using even, the same even, tactics, especially, yeah, right? Even though you can use your, your teammates to a degree, but it's, it's ba- you're playing that game for the story, for the developing relationships, so that you go back to the Normandy time and time again run around and you, you really what's driving you through is you just want to find out when somebody has something new to exactly, say. Exactly, exactly. That is basically what pushes you through that game and it's all about role playing. Um, so th- that's basically why I play Mass Effect, which is why stuff like planet scanning uh, in the second game and Mako missions in the first game were so irritating because it's it's just pointless busy work that, yeah. that takes you away from what makes the game so good. Yeah. Also, it looks really nice. I so, actually really enjoyed uh, Limbo for the total opposite reason of any of that. Right, yeah, because Limbo is fun to play, but what's the story? I'm, I mean, I'm looking for this girl, and it doesn't even tell you, if, unless, you read inter- yeah, unless you read interviews, you have no idea what you're doing. And you're running around, and you're trying to make sense of it. Like, all right, so is this a dream? Did he die in a car accident? Did a bunch of kids throw him out of a treehouse? Mm-hmm. Did he die in the hotel when the sign fell down? I always thought he asphyxiated himself while masturbating. Yep, I could see that. I have no <laughs> idea. Yeah. Right. Okay. I think there's like... It's a David Carradine video game. <laughs> I, I completely Aww. agree with you. Like, I, I, I think that games are actually just really bad at telling stories. And when, when they're good at it, they, they're emulating movies that are good at it. And I think that's a problem with games. Like I think Uncharted tells a c- cool story, but when you're running around and shooting a million people, that's, that's a real big problem with the story. You know, well, isn't it like, a problem with the game? I mean, the fact no, that like that, to get to point A to point B, there has to be this like, like giant I like, flood like of people. Like you, like I like everything about Uncharted Three. It's like almost a perfect game for yeah. me. It, it, but like in terms of telling the story, like when if I actually had to recount the story or transcribe it yeah, in any yeah. way, it's it's just a mess. Yeah, we ran into this problem when we were doing the spoiler cast. Is that yeah? yeah we're so like, wait, what were they good? Because right? everybody wants to talk about. I mean, like I play it because I want. I like Nate and I like Elena and I like Sully and I want to see them interact. And they could fucking be chasing the the cookie monster. I don't care. It's like I just want to <laughs> see would them be play. Amazing if that you were <laughs> sitting at the end of that. <laughs> so it's <laughs> not really story we like about it, but like the, the relationships, the dialogue. And the people. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's the situations, and and I think games are good at that. And and when I when I hear people saying like oh I want to play an RPG you know for the story I just don't get that I think I think games are just really in a hacky state Portal Two opposite Perf- I think perfect storytelling game yeah yeah I agree and it, and it uses the gameplay or Portal One especially to tell the story like that that's one of the the only examples of storytelling that I think gaming has done that and Donkey Kong I think that's a good Donkey story. Kong has a great story as well yeah. yes, Donkey yes, Kong. Yes, yes, yes. 
Final question comes from Nick. He writes into GameScoop at IGN.com. Just like you can. He says, my question is, what are your opinions on games getting released at the start of the year? For me personally, Dead Space 2 is my pick of the game of the year for 2011, but it didn't show up anywhere really in the video game awards. Do you think an early year release has an effect on the game getting more recognition? Absolutely. This isn't just something for games either. This is everything in the in the entertainment media industry. Like, you look at... Um, album of the year, movie of the year. People primarily forget stuff that happens in the first few months. I mean, but that's that's also. I mean, <coughs> that also speaks to who you're getting your game of the year from, right? Last year, 2010's game of the year for IGN was Mass Effect, which came out in January. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, like it's not like people immediately forget that stuff. But there, there totally are those meetings where let's talk about game of the year, this, that, but oh, and don't forget, that, oh, that came out this year. I mean, there are those like oh, yeah. it's not on the mean, tip of your tongue, but we, people should do their due diligence to figure out what came out before they weigh in. We're so focused on the day to day here and you know month to month that it's sometimes it's it's easy to forget about something that came out three months ago yeah i yeah. mean keep we, a journal yeah exactly yeah <laughs> I, I always say that every year i say i'm going to start an excel spreadsheet really? and list and i never do it yeah. i always mm-hmm. think though that like that way when we get to what are best graphics i don't sit there and go, uh a, i mean that is that is what we should all do yeah all right we're just a very short-sighted species in general I charles start the wolfpack journal movement <laughs> i like that we're thinking big today <laughs> what what would the wolfpack journal have in it it just, just Diablo? Would it have Diablo? Con- <laughs> Diablo conference sure. updates. Rip, rip pages. Some spare Not meat. Not on pages. You can put some meat in there if you can have it on a rainy day. Mm-hmm. Feed your wolf kids. The old rainy day meat. <laughs> <laughs> Lord knows we all have one of those. <laughs> Wait, what? Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's all the scoops we have for you. Oh, I screwed that one up. I wrote down how Damon ends the show usually, so I want to screw up. Oh, well, no, I got it. Hey, listeners. <laughs> well, that's all the scoops we have for you, listeners. Thank you, Charles. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Sam. My name is Greg. This is IGN GameScoop, and we're out. Thanks, Greg. Come home soon, Dave. Good night. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.